Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of What's Up With Power. My name is Justin Wagner with Team ODZ, and that person making racket in the back right now is Tex Divine. Uh, we'll get him to sort out that microphone, but uh, <laughs> I'm like shaming your friends when they're interrupting the live stream. Anyway, we are happy to have another episode. we got a live ride going on in Zwift right over here. We're going to be rolling out in about... Uh, 45 seconds. We've got our, we've got a host, a guest today, Taylor Thomas from Thomas Endurance Coaching, and he's going to be talking about strengths and weaknesses. How do we, how do we determine those objectively? And the conversation we're going to spur today is, hey, can we make our weaknesses become our strengths? So I think on that topic, we're going to discuss that quite a bit. First, we're going to have a 15-minute uh, teaching from Taylor, and then we're going to have uh, 15 minutes of Q&A. So with that, I'm going to bring Taylor on the screen. Taylor, how's it going? Hey, Justin. How are you? I'm doing great. So we are rolling out now. I'm going to hand you the slides, hop off the screen, and let you go to town. Cool. Um, yeah, so thanks, everyone, for, uh, for joining us. Like Justin said, today we're going to talk about Determining your strengths and weaknesses, and ultimately, um, what do we what do we do with that information? What we uh, once we have it. So, is there anything we can do <clears throat> from a training perspective to make those weaknesses um, more in line or closer to to our strengths? So, uh, we'll dive right in. There's fair amount of uh, of density to to cover. So, Justin, if you're not on the first slide, you can slide that over for me. Um, so the first place we want to start, um, well, I guess the the caveat is obviously that this is all power based, and so we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, looking at how to best utilize um, the power data that we have from training and from racing. So, first place we want to start is with what's called the power profile. So the great thing about the power profile is that it is kind of the first step um, in helping to gain insight into our relative strengths and weaknesses, as well as um, our physiological uh, systems or, or the physiological systems that are at work um, that make up uh, whatever strengths and weaknesses we have as riders. So um, it's kind of, uh, again, the, the first step and kind of a snapshot of what's generally uh, the strengths and weaknesses and what's going on behind the scenes um, from the perspective of, of the systems in your body. Now, the reason we want to look at it this way um, and not uh, any other way. So oftentimes, uh, cyclists and, and, and racers uh, fall into the trap of looking at their performance in relation to whatever category, whatever race category they're in, uh, and whatever, um, uh, whatever their competition is doing. Now, as we know, with power-based data, that uh, all, of our, all of our training, all the information uh, that we receive from uh, from our power meter is is hyper individualized, and so that's the way that we want to look at determining our strengths and weaknesses. So instead of saying um, this is what's common for a uh, a Cat Three road racer, we want to say what's what's the best performance for for me as a rider, um, and not compare that to to another rider uh, or standards within a, a particular category. So the idea is to be as individualized. As possible, and and like I said before, kind of drill down 
and, and focus on those physiological systems uh, that are at work to produce the efforts that we need to train and race. So again, understanding yourself uh, is the key. Uh, we want to make sure to use that power profile to critique and understand ourselves. Um, that's really the most impactful way to utilize our available power data and the metrics that come along with that, not comparison with other riders um, or, again, comparison within racing categories. So the four primary durations that the power profile is going to look at, um, you can see from the screenshot uh, on the slide here, it's going to be five seconds, one minute, five minutes, and, uh, and functional threshold power, FTP. Uh, or lactate threshold. So the reason that those durations exist is because they most closely correspond to um, to key systems in the body. So your five-second power is going to correspond to neuromuscular power. Um, your one minute is going to be anaerobic. Your five-minute VO2 max. And, of course, your FTP is going to be your lactate threshold. Now, it's important to remember that when you look at these durations, that you're not, uh, those durations don't isolate those specific systems in the body, meaning that uh, a five-second power uh, is not all neuromuscular. There's aerobic uh, strength involved. There's anaerobic capacity involved. The same thing with uh, an FTP level effort um, or an FTP duration effort. Um, it's, not all, uh, it's not all aerobic, right? There's some neuromuscular. There's some anaerobic. There's some VO2 max. So the body's very complex, and there's a lot of systems that work at any given time, but these durations do the best job of isolating and, and providing some insight into those particular systems. Um, all right, uh, next slide, Justin. So now that we know that the power profile is the best way or the, the first step to look at uh, identifying strengths and weaknesses, we need to figure out a way to test for that. So the testing protocol for uh, for calculating or, or constructing the power profile, uh, it's it's relatively lengthy in that there's there's several steps. For the purposes of this presentation, uh, I won't go into great detail about the actual test. You can find it in Training and Racing with a Power Meter. It's online. Um, it's a it's a fairly standardized process, but uh, there is several steps. Ultimately, all you're doing in that test is producing efforts to produce um, or to feed the power profile. So you're producing um, peak powers for that five second, one minute, five minute, um, and, and FTP, which, which you should really already have if you're training with power. So you've really already knocked out the, the lactate threshold effort. Um, so we'll dive into kind of the specifics of, of what we're looking for. Uh, strength to weight ratio, watts per kilogram, is really a critical metric um, for, for training with power in general. But as we start to look at the power profile, and ultimately get into more detail about strengths and weaknesses. Knowing what that watts per kilogram number means for you individually and for uh, and what it means for you in terms of what duration you're strongest at is going to be really, really important. So um, if you're on Zwift, you're, you're very familiar with that. Uh, they're using watts per kilogram as kind of the core metric to distinguish group rides and different efforts. Um, so it's become, uh, it's become something that's top of mind for most riders training with power, but just know that you should understand that and, and understand what it means um, for your strengths and weaknesses. So after you've performed the test um, and you've produced the efforts necessary to give you the numbers that you want for all of the 
key durations, we want to look at the peak powers. So uh, understanding what those peak powers mean for each duration. So if you're producing really strong efforts in the five-second category, um, and maybe your five-minute or your, your lactate threshold efforts um, are lacking a little bit from a watts per kilogram perspective, then you start to understand that potentially your strengths lie in the neuromuscular and not so much in the VO2 max or the lactate threshold. Uh, obviously, on the other end of the spectrum, you, sh you could have low sprint power um, and you could have very high sustained power relative to, uh, to your weaknesses and relative to your body weight. So um, you want to start to position those numbers in a way that they make sense to you and they make sense to the type of rider that you want to be, uh, what your goals are, what your, what your training goals are, what your racing goals are. So um, looking at those peak powers, starting to, to kind of paint the picture for yourself. Ultimately, those peak powers um, and that relationship that you see in that power profile will start to give you what's called a rider phenotype. Um, so if anybody's using uh, WKO4 software, um, you're familiar with the rider, rider phenotype. But what this does is it is a way to kind of classify riders based on uh, these strengths and weaknesses or, or ultimately this, uh, these, these kind of watts per kilogram uh, for each duration. So you could be uh, what's called an all-arounder. You could be a sprinter, a time trialist, a pursuiter. These are just names to, um, to provide some sort of classification to what it is you're best at. Uh, all-arounder, you're going to be pretty good at all of the powers. Um, again, five-second, one-minute, five-minute, and lactate threshold. Time trialist, you're going to be good at sustained efforts. Um, pursuiter has their own uh, uh, classifications or their own strengths. Um, sprinter, obviously good uh, at the, uh, the lower end of the spectrum. So that's just a good way to kind of assign some sort of nomenclature to, to the rider to, to uh, generally understand um, what they're best at. And then lastly, it's worth mentioning <coughs> in the uh, power profile that age isn't taken into consideration. So there is a, um, there is a, uh, a, a normal degradation of performance. For men and women, typically after 30, uh, things start to decline at some rate, um, men a little faster than women. Um, but uh, it's, it's there. It's something we all know exists. What's important to, to note is that it's, it's probably not going to affect your gross strengths and weaknesses. So if you're a really good sprinter, you might be uh, not producing the powers that you would have produced when you were 20 years old, but you're still going to have um, the propensity to, to be strong uh, in that shorter durations and then obviously on the other end of the spectrum, if you're a good time trialist uh, or your lactate threshold is strong, then you're going you're gonna to remain strong in those areas. Just the, the, the gross power is not going to be the same uh, as it would have been when you were younger. So um, doesn't change the strengths and weaknesses. Probably worth considering as you think about race strategies, as you think about race selection. Take age into consideration and what that means um, in comparison to the field that you're up against and to the terrain. Um, next slide, Justin. All right, so we're going to take the power profile and we're going to take it a step further. So the power profile, like I said, really great at identifying gross strengths and weaknesses. So what duration generally, uh, what physiological system in the body generally uh, am I best suited for? 
Um, and what does that mean for, for me as a rider? Um, the fatigue profile takes things a step further, pinpoints exactly within those durations uh, what types of efforts you're best suited for. So we'll, we'll dive into what that actually means and uh, what I mean when I say that. Um, so if when in the power profile, if we're looking at five second, one minute, five minute, and 20 minute or FTP level efforts, um, and that's all we're looking at, the fatigue profile actually breaks those durations down. And you're able to see within those ranges or within a range within those systems in the body, what, uh, what specific duration are you best suited for? So um, maybe your five-minute effort um, isn't fantastic. But if you look at the fatigue profile, you might see that your three-minute effort or your eight-minute effort is really strong. Uh, uh, conversely, maybe your five-second power isn't great, but maybe you see that for 10 seconds or 20 seconds, you're able to sustain a high level of power. Um, so that's what the fatigue profile does. Is it breaks down those durations. You're able to see with a great deal of accuracy where it is exactly that you're strongest. So this is, this is a phenomenal tool for, um, for race strategies, right? If you're thinking about uh, when to break on a sprint, um, you know, what a breakaway should look like, um, when to attack on a hill climb, knowing that you can produce your peak effort for say three minutes uh, is going gonna, is gonna to greatly inform your race strategy and ultimately inform your training strategy because you're going to train to bolster those, those strengths. So fatigue profile, once you dive in, um, really, really valuable. So of course, um, we have to feed uh, the fatigue profile, the numbers that, that it needs. So we're going to need some more testing. If you've been training with power for a long time, several seasons, and you have a lot of historical data, specifically historical race data, then it's okay to cherry pick your peak numbers um, for, uh, for the fatigue profile. Um, if you don't have that, then you can perform testing just like, uh, just like you'll do for the power profile. Same thing with the power profile or, or as the power profile, the, the, the testing protocol for producing the fatigue profile, kind of lengthy. I won't go into great detail about what uh, that specifically looks like, but you can find that uh, in training and racing with a power meter and online, just like the power profile. But ultimately, it's, uh, it's a series of four tests. You're gonna, it's going to be two days of testing. If you need to produce those numbers, you'll take one day and you'll produce the efforts necessary for the neuromuscular uh, and the anaerobic capacity, um, you'll either you'll usually rest for one or two days. The next day of testing, you'll do the VO2 and the lactate threshold testing. Um, again, you probably already have the FTP test, so you might just have to do the VO2 max effort. Um, again, the idea is that you're producing your peak maximum best powers to feed this model to then have a greater understanding of, of your strengths and weaknesses. So once you produce those numbers, um, basically you're just plotting those numbers and, and looking for relationships within those durations. So, um, if, uh, if, again, say for the neuromuscular, if you're strong throughout from five seconds, 10 seconds to 20 seconds, um, and you're able to hold or, or with a, um, a very slight percentage degradation between 10 seconds and 20 seconds, that's going to tell you that, you know, you have a very strong fatigue resistance or a very high fatigue resistance for the neuromuscular capacity. Um, 
same thing with uh, lactate threshold. If you are able to extend your uh, your typical FTP 20-minute effort out to, say, 30 minutes or even 60 minutes, um, then that's going to give you uh, a lot of insight into that lactate threshold aerobic capacity um, that's going on in the body. So looking for um, when it is that your power drops off or how it is that your power continues to sustain itself throughout those those ranges is, is really what the fatigue profile is all about. And you can start to see very clearly where it is you, you fatigue. Um, you can, in training, you can extend that duration by, um, by prescribing intervals that push those boundaries. So whether that's you know, you're really good at three minute intervals or, or you really, uh, really have a really strong three minute power and, uh, and the five minute power is lacking. Of course, you can extend uh, and, and build towards producing a strong five minute effort. So fatigue profile, extremely, extremely valuable, uh, specifically for race day strategies and understanding exactly where it is your strongest and using that on the back end to inform your, your training prescription. Next slide, Justin. So uh, when we get our numbers, we look at the fatigue resistance. There's categories of fatigue resistance. Um, and these are, again, just, just tools to help you understand, much like the rider phenotype. These are just um, assignments that are, going to, uh, that are going to help you understand the types of efforts you produced uh, where it is you need to focus your training and, and, and maybe how it is that you need to think through uh, race strategy um, and, and understanding if it's worth spending time really focusing on your weaknesses or maybe those weaknesses are just places that, um, that might not be able to improve as much as you'd like and, and you can just focus more on your strengths. So if you're um, what's called below average or, or even well below average, that doesn't mean that you're not good uh, at, the, at those durations. What it really means is that you're, you're really just better at the, at the shorter end of that spectrum. So again, with the fatigue profile, we're looking at a range within those durations. So for VO2 max, that might mean that you're just better at the three-minute effort than you are at the eight-minute effort. So, so there's room for growth in terms of fatigue. So you can, you can push your fatigue resistance further out and, and deeper into that duration. And that's going to mean that you, uh, if you can last longer, obviously that means your, your fatigue resistance is higher. So the great thing about below average or well below average is that there's a tremendous, uh, there's tremendous potential for growth in terms of developing those weaknesses. And that can be done through, through training. If you are average, um, you'd expect to see very consistent degra degradation across, uh, across those durations, right? So through that spectrum, regardless of the physiological system that we're focused on, you're not going to see any huge spikes. You're not going to see any big drops. You're just going to see a fairly consistent drop-off uh, as the duration uh, kind of goes on. And this is kind of your all-arounder rider, right? This is a rider who's pretty good um, at... Uh, and a little bit of everything. Fairly strong sprint, fairly strong FTP or watts per kilogram for, for, their, for, uh, you know, for their individual uh, self. Again, uh, this average rider, because they're at a baseline, 
they can really decide based on their racing goals what it is they want to improve, right? So if they want to be a crit racer, they can really ramp up and work the neuromuscular and see a lot of gains there. If they want to be a time trialist uh, or, or you know, so, uh, an endurance racer, um, you can work on the lactate threshold, those, um, those 20, 60, 90-minute powers, um, and they can see a lot of gains there. So kind of um, a good jumping-off point, so to speak, if, you, if you're getting those average, uh, uh, those average numbers for, for any of the durations. If you're above average um, or there's even well above average, then this means that you're, you're, you're showing extremely strong uh, watts per kilogram at the top end of that spectrum for each duration. So that's great because that's a very clear strength, right? If you come back uh, with above average or well above average readings, um, that's obviously a place that you're very strong. The downside to that is it probably means that you're so strong um, that that's going to be where you're always strongest. You're not going to be able to, to, to bolster or strengthen those weaknesses that you see enough to override or, or uh, come close to uh, the strengths that you're, that you're showing. So uh, if you're well above average for VO2 max, that's always going to be your strength, and neuromuscular is, is probably never going to come close to, um, to the level of performance that you've already shown for, for VO2 max, as an example. So um, kind of a blessing and a curse. Good that you're very strong at it probably means that you should just focus on that and, and uh, pick your, um, your races and ultimately your race strategy based on those, those natural strengths. Um, so power versus fatigue. So we've gone into the fatigue profile. We've talked um, to a fair degree of, uh, degree of detail about what that means and why it's good. Um, the difference between the power profile and the fatigue profile is really important to, to understand. The distinction is, is really critical. The power profile looks across the four durations that we talked about. So across the neuromuscular, the anaerobic capacity, the VO2, and the lactate threshold. The fatigue profile compares durations within those, uh, those time periods. And ultimately, the idea or the, the intent and goal is that by comparing within those ranges, we're able to more closely and more accurately reflect the system's uh, that are at work in the body. So the power profile is kind of your base level that starts to give you some some insight, uh, like I said, into those gross strengths and weaknesses. The fatigue profile dives in and starts to really pinpoint exactly what's going on in the body. Where is it um, within each of those systems that your body begins to fatigue? And how is it that you can use those, use that information to better inform your training, and your racing strategy. So if you can combine the power profile and kind of the, the oversight uh, and, and the insight that it allows and then dig deeper uh, into the fatigue resistance, you're able to really craft an extremely strong, um, again, strategy in terms of um, what you should do from a training perspective, and then you can carry that over into, into race day strategy as well. Um, 
So that's uh, that's all I have. I'll kick it back over to Justin. We'll go to questions and answers. I know there's a lot of information here, um, so uh, let me know if there's anything I can can clarify. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor. I'm back here on the screen. So uh, interesting. You uh, understand you're saying there that uh, <clears throat> your answer to can your weaknesses become your strengths, uh, you would say within a given profile, so like let's say VO2, let's say if you're really strong at the three-minute VO2 but weak at the eight-minute, you could probably train out to the eight-minute and improve that. But let's say looking larger at a macro level, if you are a really, really good sprinter uh, comparatively to your, um, let's say your, for me, let's go the other direction. Let's say you're a really good time trialist and you just really don't have any five, 15 second power. Uh, you would basically say, sure, you can improve your sprint, but it's never, you're not gonna reach the point where your sprint is relatively better than your time trialing. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, within, uh, like you said, within a certain range, you know, I think the key to, to kind of this entire approach like I said, is you know one is is individualization. So looking specifically at what it is uh, or what's going on specific to to you as a rider, and and secondly, and and really I think for for training in general, you know it's about maximizing your time. So it, it's it's not worth your time to force efforts that that you not you may not be uh, well designed for. Right? You might want to be a fantastic sprinter and that's all you've ever dreamed about it might just not be in the cards right and and you might just want to be uh, a great time trialist and you might just want to to play to your strengths and like you said yes your your sprint strength can get better um but it might not be um it might not ever get to the above average or the well above average um and so that's that should help um you know an athlete decide where it is they spend their time, right? And and what races and what types of racing uh, they do. So so yeah, I think uh, that's and that's great. At, you know that's what's great about the fatigue profile and looking at fatigue resistance is you can really boil all that down and say, okay, this is what's going on in my body, and this is how my body responds to these efforts, and ultimately where I should be spending my time to to maximize my gains. Very good. I think one further scenario I'd look at, I think, uh, might be a good illustration here where um, your weakness might be holding you down in a race. Um, you might not be able to improve that weakness to a point of uh, being your strong suit, but working on it can help you uh, better achieve results with your strong suit. So let me be specific about that because that was a lot of general wording. So... <laughs> I'm a sprinter. I know I have a really strong five-second power, but I'm never at the end. I can never. I'm never at the right point in the race where uh, I can blow. You know, I can. I'm, I'm either too fatigued at that point, or I'm just not there to be able to deliver that sprint. And I'd say, in this case, it sounds like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm completely off base here. This person would probably need to work on their threshold so basically they're they don't get if they can increase their threshold more they'll be more rested and better 
position towards the end of the race to deliver that sprint because they're just getting too worn out during the race and then they can't deliver the sprint. They may not uh, time yeah. trial off the front, yeah. but they'll be at the right point in the right place. Sure. Yeah, I think that's the key is, you know, the, the, critical, the critical piece of that is, is using, uh, using the information you have to inform race strategy, right? So, so, yeah, maybe the sprint's not there, but maybe there's something that you can do to put yourself in a better position. You can, you can use your strengths to position yourself better in the race. So maybe that's being in a position earlier. Yeah, like you said, maybe you're not, you know, TT off the front, but maybe, you know, you can, you can, you know, start a break early on because you know you can time trial, you know, at 105% of FTP for 10 minutes. Um, and, and then, yeah, like you said, then you, if you've worked on your sprint a little bit, um, you've, you've used your strengths to put you in position in that race to then, to then produce an effort that could be, could be race winning. So I think you also want to use it to kind of, or you definitely want to use it to alter or, or think more critically about your, about your race strategy and, and using those strengths to position yourself better in a race. Because, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, uh, if, if you're an athlete that, you know, is training to race, race day performance, um, is the measure of success, right? It's not the category you're in. Um, it's not the training. It's not your FTP. If you're training to be a racer, then it's how well you did in a race. Um, and, and so you, all of this is being used to inform, um, the decisions that you make about how to, to, to be better at racing. Yeah. I think that's a great example where you, you know, your strength, you know, where you would break down and you use your strengths to affect the race dynamics. So a person who knows they're not going to be the best sprinter has to break up the pack throughout the race and drop the people who would destroy him in the sprint so that he can contend in a smaller group at the end exactly. where maybe, you know, yeah, they're not well, as... And it, and it, yeah, at that point, you know, when you can break the field down like that, you're probably, I mean, to your point, if you can get to the end of the race with a smaller field, those athletes are the ones that, that probably have the same strengths and weaknesses that you do, right? right? If you've seen from the fatigue profile that you're really strong at eight minutes and you can produce VO2 efforts at eight minutes, then you might launch, you know, you might break the field up at eight minutes, and so the, the people left at the end are going to be the people that are performing in that above average or well above average category for that, for that longer duration or extended fatigue within the VO2 max kind of realm. But they're also going to be the people that probably, like you, don't have fantastic sprint capabilities. So, so you're able to, to kind of weed out the field and, and you're able to position yourself in a group of people that, that are like, you know, like-minded or, or like ability. Um, so yeah, and I mean that's the way you want to think about race strategy. You know, as you look at this fatigue profile, you can start to break it down and and really think about, okay, when am I going to launch an attack? You know, how do I break up the field? How do I disrupt the front? You know, when we're when we're ten minutes out, when we're eight minutes out, five minutes out, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot of power in in the fatigue profile when you start to apply those durations to what that looks like for race day performance. Very good. Well, we are out of time for today. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on. Your insights have been very helpful, very interesting. If you guys wanted to 
contact Taylor. Uh, his website is thomasendurancecoaching.com. He's on Twitter at endurance underscore coach. And you can email him directly at taylor at thomasendurancecoaching.com. For this uh, previous episodes of What's Up With Power or any other episodes you may have missed, you want to catch up with on the road, we now have a podcast. Uh, we take all this content, package the audio, and make it available for you to listen to at your own leisure. So find that, find your favorite podcasting app or platform, and search for The Endurance Lab, and you'll find it. This episode should be up there later today for, for replay or maybe to share with your friends who weren't able to watch live. The video is also available live here on Facebook, Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube for replay as well. So once again, thank you for coming. We hope to see you again next week. And with that, we will be signing off.